most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses Mrs. Jones? Mr. Jones Welcome to episode 268 of Keeping up with the Joneses How are you? Cold You look like you just came off a ski slope I know, I had a different outfit on And I had a new green shirt that I wanted to wear Which looked really good, it matched your eyes Thank you very cold, though. I, I mean, it just, I was like, oh, I need to basically put on a coat. You heard it here first. Probably until April, you're going to hear every week, AG say it's so cold in our it's basement. It's so cold in our basement. Yep. That's our weekly update. <laughs> there you AJ's go. It's cold. <laughs> Speaking of weekly update, mm. we had another snow day this week. We did. We started the week Monday, Martin Luther King Day. Yes. Did you enjoy your day off? I did. Yeah. Thank thank you. We had, we had such fun having Remington on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who sent in feedback. Glad you enjoyed the episode. So we were off Monday work. Yes. And then the following day, the kids were off school. Yes. Yeah. First snow day, which is, it's just nice. I mean, honestly, my favorite part is that I don't have to get up at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. So that's the best part. Yeah. We had yeah. a snow day. It's apparently going to be 15 degrees tonight, <gasps> which to centigrade people, that is... I don't know. Minus 9.4 degrees Celsius. Okay, so it's going to be cold tonight. Wow. So we'll do that thing where we leave our faucets running and open the cabinet doors, which feels like witchcraft, but every time I've done it, we haven't had burst pipes. Right, but I don't know that we would have burst pipes. I'm just... Here, no, no, no. No, no. I just... Here's my question. Let's stick with the traditions that have served our breath. in Canada, we never did that? I love it that you're positioning these questions at me. Like, suddenly, because I'm a the general that, contractor. You're, exactly, but you're the one that goes around and opens up every... Only because our townsfolk tell us to do. <laughs> what townsfolk told you to <laughs> do this? Literally everybody in the South tells me to do that. I've never had anybody tell me to do that. I trust so... Mr. Bill, and Mr. Bill told me to do it. In fact, today, Mr. Bill and Miss Noni said that's what they're going to do tonight. And I was like, I just do what they do. Okay. All right, I still think it's odd. Okay. But... Tonight we won't, and if the bursts, if the pipes burst, we'll have a weekly update for next week. Okay, great. No, I'm, I can't even do that. Oh, and I'm not okay. prepared to do that. <laughs> Our homeowners insurance. I, I just can't risk. <laughs> Anything else happened this week? How I mean, how was your week? We've had a good week in terms of seeing each other. I felt like last week, aside from the fact that we went away for the weekend, we just barely saw each other. Really? Was my I, memory wrong? I don't know. It was. Frantic. I mean. I it was a feeling, yeah, it was a busy week, but I mean, it wasn't like we didn't see each other. Yeah, but I mean, heart heart connection. I, oh, because you know I'm oh, big on yeah, connection. You're so cute, aren't you? Yeah, I really. Am. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was a good week. We were mostly at home doing Zoom meetings, so you we know. we watched a new Eternals movie or we the did? new Marvel movie called Eternals. Yes, two hours and thirty seven minutes. Oh, I wasn't so ready for long. that. Did you enjoy it? No, yeah, I mean it was good. I don't think it's. The best Marvel movie that I've ever seen or anything. It's, but I would say it's a huge departure for them in tone. Yeah, maybe. I don't even know if I'm interested enough to even have a conversation about tone. I'm going to start my own <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast and like, you're not invited. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> in fe- like, never mind. You don't care. Okay. I, I can see your eyes rolling. But we watched like, it yes, nevertheless. It's a huge departure in okay, tone. <laughs> Anything else happened, you sweet little nugget? Um, Did we already say about Abby's bed? You built her bed and all that? Yeah, I, I went out to a forest. I felled a tree. I dragged it home as a lumberjack. Planed I, the tree. Mm-hmm, and I built it with my own I mean, But when you say you built her bed, it was all a right, you flat pack. You assembled a pre-made bed. From wherever we ordered it, Wayfair or whatever. Right, but I mean, you know. 
you you put it together. I did. You were her hero. Ah, uh, yeah. I made her bed. Yes. She's in the process of moving from one room to the other and mm -hmm. making her new room her little teenage haven. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting true. to watch. That was it. That was our weekly update. That was it. It was bananas. I was just thinking about this new course that I'm launching. Yeah. I say that we're launching. I'm not doing it. You're... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's be super clear. <laughs> that was very definitive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Think about this new course I'm launching. Yes. And I'm thinking it's about this time of the month that we tend to get our Christmas bills come in. Yeah. So like if you spend money on a credit card, it's round about now that you'll get your bills. And I was just thinking, and I want to invite our listeners, if you want to end 2022 in a financially better place than when you started, 2022 hmm. do i have a course for you do i have a course for you <laughs> we we it just done nothing i have built a course uh, it's not that you've done nothing because no, i keep thinking i that, lived it with you you no and i just didn't I'm, teach it i'm being flippant yeah. but you also created space for me to devote time to doing this like the notion that yeah. you haven't helped create the course is yeah ridiculous. that's right no i'm being serious no, like, in one sense we did navigate the life season together yes we processed the revelation that god was giving us together we chose how we were going to walk that out together we made really costly financial decisions together yeah and you protected my time so that i could devote hours to filming and editing and polishing and creating so i i yeah, I, yeah. but but still you're the one that's teaching the course i'm the one that's teaching the course yes. but basically it's all about it's all about finances Here's the thing. We are big Dave Ramsey fans. Yes. We're still doing his baby steps. We loved yep. the Financial Peace University, and we still tell people to do it all the time. Uh, one of the things that Dave is so good at is the practical nuts and bolts. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I noticed was absent, which is totally fine, was a lack of focus on the supernatural and the spiritual aspects that affect your finances. Sure. Uh, he touched on it. He talked about tithing. He talked about generosity, which is all very good. But our course, our course, that I will be teaching, <laughs> yes. is all about finances. It's all about biblical foundations to partner with God. And where it came out of, a number of years ago, the Lord started asking me questions that I found uncomfortable mm. about why we were the way we were with our finances. Mm. And then uh, over the course of a year, he started radically challenging me, us, to think differently and inviting us into stuff that we had kind of known. Graham Cook loves to say this. like He talks about it's not enough to believe, we have to live fully persuaded. Yeah. And so there's this invitation to try something different. And as we did that, we saw a radical shift. In fact, such a radical shift, not only in our finances, but in our outlook of what was possible, that it was kind of uncomfortable. Do you remember that? Yes. And, and comfortable because like oh, I'm a new... I remember the first time I went to Japan. As a six, six foot one tall white Westerner, everywhere I looked, I did not belong. It was new. I didn't even know how to navigate because nothing was in English. Yes. Culturally, everything, I, I was just in a new land and I didn't know if what I was doing was the right thing. Yes. It felt like that. Yes. All this goodness, but didn't know if I was going to do the right thing. Anyway, the Lord just kept teaching us and challenging us. Anyway, I put together this course. I think it's nine lessons. It's, it's, an exhaustive, comprehensive, practical teaching and course 
built with you in mind, to equip you, to help you in the most practical ways to help partner your finances with heaven to give you hope for a future that's better than you currently imagining. Yeah, good. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. And if that sounds even remotely like something you'd be interested in, do me a favor, go to alanandaj.com slash more, pop in your email address, and I'll send you details about the course. And if you know friends that you think, man, they might be interested in this, or you don't want to go through a course on your own, tell them about it, alanandaj.com slash more. It's the same thing that if you've done like our Finding Father course, our Boundaries course, you watch the videos in your own time, and then you hop on a call with me, a weekly call, where I get to answer your questions, talk about it. It's very, very practical. I'm going to give you stuff that you can implement almost immediately. Within the first week of, of the classes, the first you know lessons, there's, there's going to be stuff for you to fill out, stuff for you to practically think about. And I'm just really excited about being with you in 2022 and journeying with you and hearing your testimonies of God being uh, radical the way he has been to us. So good. AJ Jones. Yes. It is the dawn of a new era. No, it's not the dawn of a new era. It is in the podcasting world. Well, no, because the new era would suggest that we're going to continue in this format, which Okay. No. It is a... <laughs> We're trying something new today. <laughs> In that I not only don't know what our main topic is, yes, but I also don't know where it's going to go because you're leading the whole thing. The only thing I know is what our listeners' question is. Okay. But other than that, I don't know where we're going. Well, I don't know that this is going to give you any comfort, but I'm not completely sure where we're going either. I tell you. But new. I have a skeleton. Okay. okay. Is this like confession? No, okay. <laughs> like in the closet. <laughs> no. Tell us what's our main topic, so I know how to title this episode. Um, navigating seasons of waiting. Navigating seasons of waiting. Yes. Okay. Where do you want to start? Well, so here's how I ended up chatting or thinking about this. Yep. Is of course Samuel. He explain who Samuel is. Well, Samuel's my therapist. Okay. Every once in a while, you know, Samuel ask me some question that I'm like, ugh, I have to process that Therapists for a while. Therapists have a habit of doing that. Yeah, I'm like, ugh, here we go again. I was chatting with him about the weirdness of the season that we're in, in that we're in this wonderful season where we're following the Lord towards adoption. Yes. And we're, we've done all the steps that we can physically do, Correct. you know, practically do, all that kind of stuff. And now we must wait and we have no control over what the waiting looks like, how long the waiting will be. And no indication to help us along that path. Right. No indication of whether we'll be waiting for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years. I hope we're not waiting a couple of years because our home study expires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I hear you. But I'm just saying like, we're powerless, we, we, over. We're powerless over all of it. As much as uh, the this waiting in this moment is a new kind of waiting, I'm familiar with seasons of waiting. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be, you know, waiting for adoption or waiting for a baby. But just I think I wanted to talk a little bit uh, about what does it look like to kind of 
keep your head and keep your heart in a season of waiting. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the challenge. Nobody likes waiting. No. Right? We no. don't even like waiting 15 minutes for a table. Like, well, um, I'll, let's go to a different restaurant that doesn't have a 15-minute wait. You know what I mean? So that was a, a jab at you over there. You just uh, Guilty as charged. <laughs> Be like, it's going to take us longer than that to drive to another restaurant. Let's just But stay. at least it feels like you're doing something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's kind of the point. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I was thinking about like, okay, if we talked about it practically, what can you do in a season of waiting? But also, how do we maintain our spirit in, in a season of waiting? And then also, what do we do for our souls in a spirit of waiting? So that's what I want to talk about. And I have... Some thoughts, but I'm hoping you're going to have other thoughts because you're a brilliant No, I'm on a individual. snow day. No, this no, you're yours, not baby. on a snow day. I'll <laughs> taser you. So my first thing was uh, talking about the practical. And I had mentioned to you upstairs, I remember listening to a Joyce Meyer teaching. I don't even know how long ago it would have been that I listened to it, 25 years ago, something like that. I mean, a long time Before ago. you were in ministry. Yeah. Before I was in ministry, but I knew I was called to ministry and I had said yes to the call, but I hadn't actually seen it start yet. Mm-hmm. And somebody had given me this teaching by her called The Silent Years. I remember reading it or, or listening to it rather and just being like, oh, because one of the things she said is do all that you can do on your end to be ready so that when the moment comes you're not wishing you'd gotten ready. And I was like, right, okay. At the time for me, I knew I was, I knew from my prophetic words that I was going to be traveling and I was going to be preaching and, you know, things like that. But I didn't currently have anything on the horizon that looked like that. So for me, I started preparing sermons and got my passport and just, I mean, I didn't try and crowbar my way into churches. I just did anything that was within my realm of doing to do so that if somebody were to call and say, hey, would you come? I could go, yeah, I can come because I have my passport and I've spent time with the Lord and I've put messages together. How many messages did you have ready to speak on before you ever got an invite? Well, this is kind of funny. I had 30. <laughs> I don't know if I have 30 messages on me today. Yeah. You prepared 30, 30, 30 messages. It's actually in a binder somewhere over there in the basement. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had 30 messages. You had 30 messages. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah. And I would get people who actually taught, like our youth pastors and whatever, to go over them like I was going to use them yeah. and pick them apart and, you know. You'd send them to Patricia King uh-huh, as well and yeah. she would give you feedback. Yeah. So no invitations. Nope. But you're doing it. But that's because that's all I could do. Mm-hmm. So I thought, all right. I'm I'm spotting a slight fly in the ointment. Yes. I mean, I, I think everything you've said is brilliant and yeah, absolutely yeah. wise, ahead. and I appreciate all of that. Just knowing me, yeah. And I'm curious if this showed up for you. Is like I think it is wise to use that time to prepare, but I think there's also a danger in my head that I'm thinking, because I'm preparing, I'm speeding up the process. Which, of course, is fallacy. No, I don't think it's sped up the process at all. But but did you fall in the trap of like, okay, and now I'm ready. I've got 10 messages. 
Nothing? Now I'm ready. I've got 20 messages. I didn't, but I also had so much fear of actually doing it in the first place. Okay. That was almost part of me that was like, I'll get ready, but I'm good for, you know, <laughs> I'm good to wait. I think it's always funny, and maybe this is just my impatience speaking in both <laughs> these questions. It is always funny when that thing, right? Okay, yeah, I'm going to use this time, and somehow that will speed up God. I think that will probably play in the back of my head. Mm. But the other thing is, and we're in this right now, is... It wasn't our idea to adopt. Mm. I mean, we'd flirted with the idea and talked about it and we were open to it, but it wasn't our idea at this stage of life to start it. Yes. It was very much the Lord. You probably heard our story, you know, and, and so we're now we're doing everything. And I, I mean, even on our website, I probably need to change this, but on our adoption page on our mm-hmm. website, we've talked about like, now that the longest period is behind us, this thing could go really quick, which is still true. It could go really quick. But I yeah. don't know if it, if we don't know if it will. The longest period. Yeah, but yeah. my point is, I think I tend to think, and I keep getting tripped up because I've read a Bible and there's no real examples of this. Well, no, there is, but there's a lot more examples of the opposite. Why don't I finish my point? Yeah. There's a notion that if God asks me and I say yes, then we're off to the races. Yes. Yeah, because we're like that fast food generation. We just want everything quick. But like that wasn't true of Abraham and it wasn't true of David and it wasn't true of Noah mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and Jesus his ministry didn't start until he was 30. Yeah. So there is this notion that, well, okay. And also, if like, if it's taken a long time for you to say yes to God, you know, with then God. Then maybe you didn't hear God right. Oh, or no, maybe... no, but I'm also thinking, like, if God is speaking to you about something, and yeah. maybe he takes him two years to get your yes, yeah. you're like, okay, well, let's make up for lost time. And it might take yeah, years. Yeah. Like, it took years before... Like I was a school teacher when God would speak to me about sending me around the world to travel. It took years before that ever happened. Yeah. And even when I uh, would think, oh, well, this is it. And if I go here, I'll get noticed. And if I do this, then, oh, this is the beginning of my ministry. Basically, my point is God always seems to move much slower than I would have anticipated him doing. Mm-hmm. Has that been true of your experience? I mean, I guess in some things, yes. And then other in other things, I feel like he moves Pretty quick, but I think any time that you're in a season where, whether it's your own heart has longed for it or you're longing for it because the Lord has lit it in your heart, right? Now awakened. It, 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 those seasons always feel longer than they are practically anyway. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like you're like you look back and go, oh, actually that was only X amount of months or yeah. whatever. But when you're living it, it's practical example. You know, yeah. when we were trying to get pregnant with Abigail, our firstborn, yeah. It actually only took 10 months. Yeah. Which 10 months is a very short period of time. Yeah. But those 10 months felt, felt years. Like forever. Like, and, you know, yeah. until it happened, maybe it will never happen. Yeah. And in the midst of those 10 months, we had 14 friends that got pregnant. Right. So, I mean, yeah. which you can have the equivalent of that, too, where you're like, whether you're talking about walking into your calling or the job that you've always been dreaming about or getting married or whatever... Like it always seems like every time somebody else gets the thing that you're waiting for, it feels like the wait just got longer somehow. Mm-hmm. Kind of like God shorthanded on miracles and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so I was thinking like practically you can do whatever you can do to prepare for us right now with what, you know, with what we're practically trying to get ready for. We don't really know what we're trying to get ready for in some ways you in know some ways but in other ways have you made a list yet baby for have you started nesting have you made a, like a list of things we need oh yeah 
Oh, you have. You, oh, yeah. Have you registered for a uh-huh. baby? Okay, yeah. of course you have. Yeah. Like, I and love. I'm... Wait a minute. <laughs> Let's just stop and appreciate your I'm a shaper. shaper. <laughs> well, it just dawned on me. Oh, yeah, that's something we could do. And I'm like, have you done it? Because you haven't spoken to me about any of it. Oh, yeah. I've and researched like, yeah, I've like I've researched strollers and baby seats and all the things. But yeah. also moving Abigail into a new bedroom yeah. is we're preparing a nursery. Yes. So that. Yeah. When we have a baby or a child, there's that room there, is there's a room ready, ready and yeah. So we're doing like whatever we can, and I'm trying to do research on. I haven't figured this one out yet, but like best organic baby formulas and things like that. You know what I mean? So that because we've seen a couple different situations now, and we're aware, hey, it could be we only have a week or two notice. It also could be we have three months notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to front end as much of it as I can in terms Pray of. Pray for me. Look, look at this. I want to front end. Well, you mean, like in terms of <laughs> I like hear what you're saying. doing the research yeah. and not having to do anything under pressure that I would have preferred to have time to contemplate. And again, I'm a second language contemplator. So contemplate. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about with Shaper and Contemplator, I'll put a link in the show notes to the Life Languages. It's a communication profile that you can take. So helpful. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super helpful, super yeah. helpful. But in, in being able to understand to contemplators love to yeah. think. So I was thinking, like, okay, so there's we're doing practical things. Yeah. So you do your best to do whatever the practical yeah. things are in the moment for spiritual things. Although this is slightly practical as well, so maybe it's a transitional thought. My thing is like, all right, and now I do the my best job now with what is before me to do right now because i think also i have currently three children a husband a job and so if i'm living so for the future you'll neglect your it and and getting you know hung up in the waiting i'll actually forget to love and appreciate and take care of and take responsibility for all the things that are actually my current reality yeah And so, and I was thinking even with, like, when I was waiting to go into ministry, I was like, okay, so these doors haven't opened yet, but what I do have is a job that I can give 110% Mm -hmm. to and a church that I can volunteer at yeah, and, you know, whatever. And so what is before me to do right now that I can do well instead of I, I think if you don't, you end up in the place of like grumbling over the waiting because right. you forget. You become more aware of the lack of the thing being there yeah. than longing for the thing to be here. Yeah. So I was thinking about that. But then I was also thinking like spiritually in a season of waiting. I mean, look at Joseph, right? Why are you, why are you smiling at me? I'm, I'm, what I'm smiling about is I love hearing you talk, first of all. Okay. And I love hearing you process. Yeah. And I love... That a lot of this came out of you talking to Samuel. Like eight hours ago <laughs> eight or something. hours like ago. That. And I'm like, you've had a lot of time to think about this. Well, I've been cleaning the house all day, pondering. Yeah, I left. I went out with a friend all day and I've just come back and we're, we need to record a podcast. And so this and is the first time I'm hearing. how did the house look when you came back? Oh, it looked amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> looked amazing. Thanks. Yeah, it looked amazing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, my, my smile is the gladness in hearing all of this passion tumble out of you. Yeah. So here was my thought. My thought was like it, when you consider you're talking about like there's all these Old Testament people mm-hmm. who they 
all had a season of waiting, which often feels like a season of testing. Yes. And again, thinking about Joseph, we've talked about Joseph plenty. He's a great example for many things, but him knowing something was coming, not fully knowing, mm-hmm. you know, what that's going to look like, but it's going to look radically different than his current scenario. Yeah. But then hitting so many huge roadblocks. I mean, not just speed bumps, but like, okay, now you're in slavery. Oh, just kidding. Now you're in prison, mm-hmm. you know, but him obviously staying the course because of how everybody responds to him and because of the favor he keeps getting shown. Somehow he's managing his internal dilemma or mm-hmm. angst or whatever enough that no matter what the circumstances are of the waiting, he's still uh, positioned for favor. Yeah. You know, and so I feel like there's a challenge in that to manage ourselves like mm-hmm. to to and go, oh, right now I'm leaking in terms of like something negative. I'm leaking. Yeah. That's going to affect my environment. I'm allowed to be stressed. I'm allowed to be wanting this to go faster. I'm allowed to have all the feelings, but I also do need to take responsibility for them and manage them, whatever. And so I was thinking a little bit about what does it look like to help ourselves in this season of waiting? So what did you come up with? I have a couple thoughts. Okay. You are on a roll. You are on fire. So I think historically what has helped me the most in any season where the Lord has said, hey, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, or, hey, let's go do this. Uh, and then it feels like it's taking a long time. Uh, we've actually had a lot of those moments. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And many of them to do with finances. Yep. And, you know, but but lots of those moments. And I was thinking about how, you know, in the Old Testament, they the Lord would encourage them when there was a place of breakthrough to build a monument. Mm-hmm. Right? And the monument wasn't for God. It was for them to remember that God showed up. Wow. Uh, And so my thought was, in a season where you're waiting again, and whatever whatever that waiting looks like right now, to look back at the monuments that you've built with the Lord, where you've had the same thing, whether it's, you know, it's probably not exactly the same circumstances, but you've, you have, we all have a history of, I believe God, there was a season of waiting. It was really awful. It was really hard, but I oh, broke through and yay. Yep. And then again, to I think part of what we can do is look back at those and go, God, you are faithful. I know you to be kind. I know you to be good. I know you to be faithful. And I'm reminding myself, you broke through for me here. You said this and then broke through here. You said this and then broke through here. You said, you know, and you are still that person. So you know, just sort of speaking to your spirit, like be encouraged, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I was also thinking of just like things like reading Ephesians and Philippians and some of those, these books that are in my mind, there's the tone of them is so elevated, like in terms of how encouraging they are uh, to hang on to God and to Mm -hmm. push in and whatever. And again, knowing he's writing them from prison, knowing he's, writing them in the midst of not having the breakthrough mm-hmm. but he is knowing he'll see the breakthrough because he he's seen god break yeah. through for him time and time again and so like i know for myself i had said this to the school like when i in seasons where i'm like oh i'm struggling i quite literally open ephesians 
Wow. Because That's your go-to. It's my go-to. Like, start reading Ephesians. Um, I, you know, Romans works for me too, even though Romans is like super long, but Ephesians is shorter if you're needing a quick hit, you know, <laughs> but just, and, and read like, oh, he's so faithful, you know, from someone who's in prison and is still choosing to declare mm. faithfulness. And to me, that just encourages my spirit. Like, yep, we're good. Like, do I enjoy waiting? No, nobody enjoys waiting. You know, uh, do I wish we had a plan? Yes, I'm a high shaper. I want a plan. I want a date. I want something to aim at. I want to, you know, but hey, guess what? He's good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm going to, I'm going to focus on that. Do you have it? Like, do you have any other thoughts about caring for your spirit and waiting? Yeah, I think looking at your prophetic words. Yeah. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy and just said, you know, by them, you fight the good fight. Mm-hmm. And so I think looking back on your prophetic words and allowing them to encourage you, because at least per- speaking personally, like I know that I get a prophetic word and think that it's going to happen tomorrow, or we want it to. At least. Oh, yeah, yeah, like okay, this, <laughs> this, you know, yeah. like I, I was laughing because the, I, very early on in our relationship with David Wagner, he was in town. I don't think we'd even met him personally yet, mm. but we went over to Legacy. And he was, you remember when Legacy yeah, was yeah. meeting in the, their old, old, yeah. old location? Yeah, yeah. And we went there and it was getting late and we had a babysitter to get back to. And so we just tried to sneak out surreptitiously. And David just called us out by our names. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. As we we're trying to leave, we're just on our way out. And David's like, um, I heard you ask the Lord a question. Can we go to Iceland for the weekend? And the Lord says, yes, you can. And, you know, he just started prophesying over us you know, travel and everything. And I, that night I went home, mm-hmm. made sure our passport was up to date. And I hadn't done this yet because we just moved here. But I researched what was the best airline to fly out of Nashville. And, you know, I just started doing all this research. And I think I even got, like, I think I ordered some stuff for travel. Now, I don't think we went to Iceland for a couple of years after that, but it tickled me pink that I no, I don't came think home you're right. I think it was, I think it was a couple of months after that no, i don't think no, it was no. very it was, long was it was it? years because oh, I, I remember <laughs> thinking can i overshot that one jones yeah. i mean you were you were prepared but you know and so i because i think i remember going well i mean i guess maybe david missed it or i guess maybe i missed it or right you know but when the time did come i remember we were on an airplane and you know saying i can't believe we're going to iceland for the that weekend picture just came up in my screenshot yesterday the picture of us on the airport yeah. yeah anyway i think looking at your prophetic words reminding yourself of your prophetic words yeah uh asking for encouragement and input super helpful yeah and i think too if you've shared your prophetic words or shared with you know with your close circle of friends or whatever whatever the lord is speaking to you about then they can actually encourage you when you're yeah. having your like oh my gosh you know Kind of I days. think another key thing is to celebrate other people's breakthrough, yeah. especially if it's in the area of the breakthrough you need. Yeah, for sure. So we were trying to get pregnant for 10 months and I don't know how many people got 14. For it. So yeah. celebrate I that. remember. <laughs> you you went to get married, like you've yeah. been divorced and you had this prophetic word about this, you know, strong, handsome hunk of a man, body of a Greek god coming yeah. from the fair islands of Scotland. Yeah. And I hadn't shown up. <laughs> how many bridesmaids... Oh, I don't know how many times I've been a bridesmaid. I mean, right. seriously, pretty close to your twenty-seven dresses. Kind and so of you're movie. waiting. Yeah. You're waiting for me, and you know it's important to celebrate. Yeah. Same with financial breakthrough. Like I remember, we were wanting to buy a house. Yeah, remember we really wanted a house. Yeah, and then our friends 
Gary and Mor- Gary and Morgan, Gary and Sarah, out of the blue, were given a house. Yeah. And I'm like, they don't even want a house. They didn't like, want a house. And I was like, no, 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 no. Position your heart. Like, yeah. Genuinely be happy for them. So yeah. I think, you know, waiting, you talked about waiting being a testing season. It sure is. Well, I also think like, because you, you mentioned the Gary and Sarah thing, and I think we've told that story before. But for me, my immediate reaction wasn't I was happy for them. I was like, what? They don't even want a house. Right. You know, and and actually having to take a few hours to have a conversation with the Lord and realize he doesn't have crocodile arms and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, So even if you find like you're hearing us talk right now and you're going, oh, I don't think I have celebrated other people when they've had the breakthrough because I'm totally fine. You can have an attitude tune up anytime Today's your day. Yep. You know. Well, that's caring for your spirit. Yeah. How do you care for your soul and your body? Well, I think, well, that that's great. I hadn't really thought about body, but I I think... (laughs) I really hadn't, you oh, know. Oh, you just mentioned it. I, I don't think I did. Oh, I yeah. filled but, in the but, gap. But body's good. Yeah. Um, Because really you do need to care for, for all of you in any season. But I think uh, in any any season of waiting is a season of stress. Yeah. For most people. No, I, I mean, I don't know people that love waiting. Yeah. Go uh, to I'm, an airport. I'm, I'm certainly not one of them. Yep. So caring for your body... I would say for me, and I haven't been very faithful with this the last couple of weeks, but exercise actually helps me de-stress. Mm-hmm. How about couples massage? Yeah. But also things like having a day of rest, going to bed at a decent time, and and unfortunately what I'm eating. Because usually so when I'm stressed, I want to not care about what I'm eating because yes. I'm like, I'm too stressed to care about yeah. what I'm eating. But then I feel like garbage. And then I feel even worse. So true. And I don't seem to learn that lesson. No. When I (laughs) eat, and you know this because you live with me, when I eat sugar or chocolate, like over Christmas, I just was like, you know, Ben and Sarah weren't coming, so now I'm justified to eat whatever I want. (laughs) It's their fault. But I remember, like, I, I don't mean I was falling into depression, like clinical depression, but I remember all my thoughts being so heavily influenced in a negative direction yeah and as soon as i cut out sugar it's not like i bounced back and suddenly i was happy it was just an absence of those things right so like yeah what you eat and how much you sleep and exercise is a big deal all those things are important and i think we want them not to be as important or certainly i do i i i don't know if you're gonna file us under soul care or body care okay but i also think about uh, therapy, a uh, big shock. Alan's thinking about therapy. Mm-hmm. Would that come under soul? For I you? think that would come All under right, I'll soul. I'll save it for soul then. Well, we can go to soul now. I don't have All any right. other thoughts on body because I didn't really think about that. But uh, I was thinking for soul care, yes. I mean, I I think part of how I'm caring for my soul in this season is I see a therapist. Yeah. And so I can go in there and have all my feelings and... All of my ponderings. I was thinking about the, this week that therapy is amazing if you have a good therapist, and we've talked about that before. Mm. But in one sense, the cynical view is like, why can't we even see a therapist? Talking about it doesn't change anything. You're absolutely right. Talking about it does not change this, the external circumstances mm. that are, doesn't speed up the process, doesn't change other people. But what it does is it changes how all those things are affecting you. Yes. And you might not even feel like it's changing anything, but 
having a dialogue with somebody, having a skilled outside perspective. Or being, being offered, validated being in the validated. midst of, you know, whatever. Being offered a different lens to look through mm -hmm. at the same situation. Oh, so powerful and really, really kind to your soul. Yeah. I was also thinking about stuff like still enjoying life. You know what I mean? Like, so like, because so I think sometimes we're like, okay, God, ready, I'm geared up or whatever. And then I can be super tempted to like, now we don't do anything else until we know about this right. baby. Alienate everything else because we're right. focusing on this. And so like, like even with our anniversary, we, yeah. we had had a conversation of, do we not, do we not even go? I mean, we're getting ready well, for a baby. We thought about that with your birthday as yeah, well. Like, like do well, we, we even want to celebrate your birthday? Because we might be. Yeah. Because we might be, you know, and there can be this temptation to just sort of lock lock down our weight mm -hmm. you know and grit through and i think actually it's probably more important to still celebrate in the moment mm -hmm. and realize hey i actually need to have some fun yeah and uh i need to consider not just what my body needs but just what like what i need as a yeah as, as a, a human as a human yep as a wife as a mom yeah you know so we're doing things like we're still dating you know we are um, you know, like trying to uh, prioritize playing with the kids mm -hmm. and and partially I'm like, you know, right. I'm probably going to paint a room with Abby tomorrow. She wants to yeah. help me paint. I'm terrified because I'm so picky about painting. But we're going to paint together. Um, uh, but like realizing. I can't wait for we to catch up next week. There's so many sweet moments to be had mm -hmm. if you're paying attention to what you need in the moment. Yeah. And paying attention for me as a mom and you as a dad to what our kids need in the moment, yeah. too, because I don't want them to. Uh, and I don't think they will, because I think we've I hope we've done a good job, but I don't want them to remember the season of waiting for a baby as like, oh, my gosh, we did. Life got put on hold. Yeah, life got put on hold. It's not on. hold. I have three other children, mm -hmm. you know, I was also thinking about and I don't know where this fits in soul, body or or, or spirit. But the importance of sowing where you want to go. Yeah. So long as you're not doing that to try and speed up the Lord. Right. If you try and do any of these things in <laughs> an effort speed. to speed up the yeah. Lord. Let me help you out, Lord. Yeah. yeah. But the importance of sowing where you want to go. Yeah. And investing in your future is is so, so important. For sure. Well, I think that's How do you the, feel? That's the end of my thoughts. You just did like this kind of downhill ski of your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I feel fine. I don't know if it was as succinct as it might have been if I'd, I don't know, like written it out or whatever, well, but I'm good. I had yeah, gladness yeah. being with you I'm and good. watching you go down it. Thank you. I would like to reward you with a listener's question. Oh, that sounds so exciting, I think. <laughs> this is a question from Caleb and Bailey. And they say this. We have a five-year-old daughter mm -hmm. and a two-year-old son. On a recent podcast, you mentioned that you spoke with your children about pornography and why it is bad. At what age did you do this? What are some resources I can use in the future as I navigate this topic? It's like swimming upstream because it's not the norm in Christian culture to talk about these things. Would love to hear your input. At what age did we talk about these things? Can I jump in? Yeah, go ahead. Our conversation about pornography with our kids didn't come out of a you know, a desert place. Like we've tried to, as parents, being very open with our children about everything. I mean, everything, mm. whether it's, you know, our job, about money, about, you know, well, our feelings. even when they were really tiny, we would talk to them about like the parts of their body that, that right. 
only they get to touch and or a doctor or a mummy. Do- yeah, we didn't use like um, code names for them. Code names for anything it was like, you know, this is your vagina. This is your penis. Nobody yep. gets to, you know. But um, And we would talk about that in non-shaming yeah. ways. We, uh, up until a certain age, we were very comfortable with our kids being around us when we were naked so that we're not trying to demystify or hide from them. Well, we are trying to demystify. Oh, what did I say? You said we're not trying to demystify. No, we're we absolutely to, are. We're trying, yeah, to, we're trying, to, we're trying to have there's, healthy there's, body yeah, appreciation. Yeah, there's not shame about... And in the know. process, we'd we'd kind of let them set the pace because kids are great at asking questions. Yeah. You know, like, what's that? And why does she have that? And I don't. And <laughs> just, uh, you know, yeah. making it with our faces and with our body language that you haven't asked a bad question or a weird question or an uncomfortable question. Mm-hmm. And we've still tried to do that. And you're, you're watching for age appropriateness. And we've probably had the conversation about sex, about your bodies, about pornography over and over and over in uh, with different revisions, different terminology, different language, different amount of detail. And as probably not older. huge sit down conversations. They're sort of more naturally happening stuff at the dinner, dinner table, table or whatever. And so not like guys, we're now all going to sit down and talk about voice. pornography, which, you know, I feel like that makes it like a, but just being able to talk but about before we ever talked about pornography, we would talk, like you said, we would name their body parts mm-hmm. and we would tell them why they're called their private parts and why they're special and, and who gets to see them and who gets to touch them and prepare the kids. I remember telling each of our kids, Hey, it's, it, it might happen as you grow up that you might have friends who want to see your private parts or might want to touch them or might want to talk about them. And it's your job to say no, it's my body. And if they do do that, come and tell us about it. And we're trying to make it like yeah. a throwaway comment. And, while and we've we're, done it. We've also said that, you know, with sitters or whatever, like, oh, absolutely. Hey. Sitters. And, then, fact, and we've told the sitters when they come over, hey, they're very aware. Well, of, we would always after we'd have a babysitter, we'd yeah. say, how was the babysitter last night? Did you have fun? Were they safe? Did they do or say anything that made you feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Or occasionally, not every time we would say, did anybody touch your private parts? But we'd bring up here and there. But also, because you would normalize that, uh, I can think of at least one of our kids, maybe an, maybe two of our kids, who've had experiences when they're young, playing with friends who said, oh, so-and-so wanted to wanted me to take my clothes off. But I said, no, it's my body. And I came and told them. Yeah. And then we could go to the Great. parents and say, hey, like this Just happened. Just so you're aware, this is what happened. Yeah. Trying to de-shame it. So we've always had that conversation. Probably with pornography, where we would get very, and when I say very detailed, let me tell you exactly what we'd say, is when our kids got uh, iPhones. Right? When they got iPads, they were locked down. They couldn't do anything. They can't access the internet. Uh, every app, they have to ask us and we approve. Like, yeah. Like but now, right level. now, both the girls have iPhones. And they got their iPhones when they were 12? Yeah. Because they were going to middle school. Yeah. And our, the reason we gave them iPhones is their bus is about a 30-minute ride. A little bit longer, yeah. A little bit, little bit longer. And so we gave them a cell phone. But here's the pornography part was part of responsible use for having a cell phone. Okay, here's your cell phone. It's got a camera on it. This is going to be a weird thing, but never, ever, ever take a picture of yourself naked. Ever. And if anybody ever sends a picture of themselves naked... Tell mommy and daddy immediately. You mm-hmm. understand that? Yeah. Okay. Your phone it automatically switches off with iCloud. You can you can use what's it called? Screen time. Where yeah. like our iPhones, the, their iPhones aren't able to use 
able to be used until yeah. a certain time in the morning, and then at night they get shut off. They can always call or text us, mm-hmm. but that's it. And yeah. they never get their phones in their bedrooms overnight. You always charge your phone outside. You, they know that we look at their phones. Yeah, you also know that mommy and daddy get to look at your phones, and we never want you to text anything that you wouldn't be comfortable saying to somebody if mommy and daddy were standing right next to you. Yeah. And if you ever get anything that would make you feel uncomfortable. And and in the context of that, we would say, hey, listen, no matter what mommy and daddy do, there's always going to be stuff that's going to come that we wouldn't want you to see. And so we have to ask you to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. But we train them with that from a very early age. We set a standard of what they're allowed to see. Yeah. Like we we didn't like our kids doing any Halloween stuff. So even your most benign, you know, wholesome American cartoon, when Halloween comes around, there's going to be Halloween content. And we just got, we just trained our kids from a very early age to self-moderate. Dad, there's a Halloween thing. We'd skip the episode. Yeah. So just kind of building and building and building. And then we talked to our kids about consequence. And that's how we've done it. I don't know if we've done a good job or not, but that's that's how we've approached it. And just, again, I think the most important thing is that you can talk about anything. You can ask any question mm-hmm. um, that you're not going to get shamed for having a question or having seen something mm-hmm. or, you know, any of those things. So. I love that I asked you the question and then I just got excited and answered the whole I thing. Know. I apologize. <laughs> okay, well, listen, I'll do you a favor. I answered the question. Why don't you do the wrap up? If you'd like the show notes yeah. from today's podcast, you go to alanandaj.com slash 268. Boom. And if you would like to ask us a question that we can answer on the podcast, you go to alanandaj.com slash ask. And if you want the URL for our upcoming course on finances, go to alanandaj.com slash more. And if you are a member of the show, you will get a discount on that course too. And if you would like a discount, you can become a member of the show, support the show, get access to the video versions of our podcast, get priority Q&A and the discounts I was just talking about. And you can learn more about membership by going to alanandaj.com slash join. But for now, have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan and AJ, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone